Welcome back to the Kentucky Kernels of Truth. We are your guides to the weird, wild, all things true crime and just stupid in the great state of Kentucky and beyond. It's just me again, Wes. Gonna have to get used to it for a while. Everybody's still okay, but everybody's still recovering. Still no COVID. It has been a hell of a week, and you know why. You know exactly why. Because I'm recording this on November 9th, 2020. The general election was on the 3rd, which was a Tuesday. And we didn't know the really the results until like Saturday midday. And, oh boy, oh boy, was that just nerve-wracking and a lot of doom-scrolling and just watching CNN endlessly, just, just glued to the TV, just, I, I know more about Cuomo and all those guys, more than I want to now. John King's pretty cool, though. John King is there their election analyst. He's pretty cool. He had that magic, magic monitor thing. But, but in the end, in the end, the, the best, the best candidate won the most, the most well-equipped and experienced candidate to, to help us all move forward. And I'm going to kind of celebrate this kind of just get it rolling by reading, reading a, a, an article here to commemorate it to really let the gravity sink in of, the, of, our, of our great national crisis is over. And this is from uh, the uh, WCPO.com uh, with the byline of uh, uh, Mr. Zach McAuliffe. Raise the wolf for the new mayor of Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. It was the ultimate political showdown, but one dog proved he was the most popular pooch in Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. Wilbur, a French bulldog, won the race for mayor Tuesday night with 1,000, oh my God, 13,143 votes, un- unseating incumbent Brent Paltrow. Oh my goodness. Second and third place finishers, Jack Rabbit the Beagle and Poppy the Golden Retriever, respectively, will both be Rabbit Hash ambassadors. Lady Stone will continue to be Rabbit Hash ambassador as well. Since 1998, a mayor of Rabbit Hash has been a dog. Rabbit Hash's canine mayors don't make legislative 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 decisions for the town, which is owned by the Rabbit Hash Historical Society. But their elections raise money to to keep the town's historic building in good condition. And that's all you're going to hear about politics from me this week. I'm done. I am fucking done with the bullshit. Oh, oh, and the, the date for that was November 4th. <laughs> oh, you should really, I'm a, you should really listen. Oh, you see the picture here. Oh, he's a... He's a good little boy. Look at him. He's tiny. Okay. The theme, the theme of this week to get away from everything else is to, I'm going back to true crime and not, 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 not blood and guts, true crime. No, no, nobody's in a ditch. No one's decapitated. No one's, there's no, no, no sexually violated corpses. This is just silly crime. This is silly crime. This is people doing dumb things. And no one really gets hurt because I don't want to subject you to 
any more stress than you absolutely have to have, nor myself. And this one is from cbc.ca. It's uh, from post on November 4th by Bethany Lindsay. BC COVID-19 conspiracy theorists charged with breaking quarantine law. A notorious Metro Vancouver COVID-19 conspiracy theorist is in custody for repeatedly breaking mandatory quarantine after returning from a flat earth conference in the U.S. Mac Parhar is charged with three counts of breaking the Canadian Quarantine Act, according to court records, and made his first appearance in court on Tuesday. New Westminster police say Parhar is being held at Regional Corrections Facility. He was arrested on November 2nd after being reminded of federal legislation requiring international travelers to self-isolate for 14 days and after being served a violation ticket. Sergeant Sanjay Kumar said Parhar refused to comply and continued leaving his residence. Our priority is the safety of new Westminster residents, said Kumar. This is something we take very seriously. According to his Facebook page, Parhar recently traveled to South Carolina for an event called Flattoberfest 2020, a gathering of conspiracy theorists who believe the <laughs> a gathering of conspiracy theorists who believe the earth is flat. Parhar made an, uh, an appearance at a rally in front of uh, the Vancouver Art Gallery on Sunday and bragged about breaking the mandatory 14-day self-isolation period upon his return to Canada. I'm not going to put myself in prison because I'm a free man with God-given rights, Parhar told a small gathering of COVID-19 conspiracy theorists in a video posted to YouTube. Court records show that he accused that he's accused of violating quarantine on October 31st, November 1st, and November 2nd. In his rambling speech at the art gallery this weekend, Parhar bragged about taking off his face mask on planes to and from the U.S. and about refusing to fill out federal government quarantine forms when he landed at Vancouver International Airport. He claimed a border agent was rattled by his suggestion the Quarantine Act doesn't apply to him and said he told them he's not legally a traveler or a person under the law. I guess he's a bird. They're not used to they're not used to people who are aren't obedient little sheep. There we go. There we go. The way you got the sheep, Pahar said in, in Sunday's speech. The claim that he's not legally a person lines up with yet another conspiracy theory in the natural person argument, which has its own link, which I'm not going to click. I'll let you do that. Used by certain tax evaders. <laughs> Okay, okay, here we go. Used by certain tax evaders who say only artificial persons need to pay taxes or obtain a license to drive. The argument has been rejected over and over again in Canadian courts. No shit. Parhar also spoke in Sunday's speech about police visiting his house on multiple occasions over the weekend to fine him for breaking quarantine and mocked an officer who revealed a relative had recently died. Oh, you motherfucker. And mocked an officer who revealed a relative had recently died of COVID-19. People don't die of COVID because, you guys already know this, COVID doesn't exist, Parhar told his supporters. We enter a new section called Business License Pulled in March. Parhar has had a high profile in Vancouver area protests against COVID-19 restrictions since the beginning of the pandemic. In March, the city of Delta pulled the, the business license for his hot yoga. Oh, of course, he runs a fucking hot yoga for his hot yoga studio after, after he encouraged clients to continue attending classes, falsely claiming the novel coronavirus 
quote-unquote, cannot survive the heat. With his business closed, Parhar began using his studio for gatherings of like-minded people who believe COVID-19 is a hoax. One meeting in April was reported Delta Police after a video was posted online, but Chief Neil Dubbard told CBC at the time that his officers had no power to take action. Since then, Parhar has sold his hot yoga business and is now under, and is now under new ownership and management. Parhar also attracted the attention of police in his hometown of New Westminster in the, in the spring after he filmed a video in which he investigated the COVID-19 isolation area at Royal Columbian Hospital. Parhar's next appearance in West, New Westminster, <laughs> Westminster Provincial Court is scheduled for November 16th. The maximum penalty for a summary conviction under the Quarantine Act is $300,000 and or imprisonment uh, for up to six months. If the Crown proceeds with an indictment reserved for the most serious offenses, a convicted person could face a fine up to $1 million and up to three years in prison. Huh. Canadians don't fuck around, which is good. Well, this Canadian's fucking around, but he's... Well, you know what, maybe maybe this isn't so silly because he's probably infected a few people or at least put a few people in jeopardy, possibly. Hmm. Also, I, I couldn't... I couldn't pass up a flat earther story. All right. And here's here's a here's a good one, a nice little quick one. It's from ozarkfirst.com. Byline by Michael Holan from Fox News. It's posted November 8th of 2020. Woman demands free Chick-fil-A after claiming she is an FBI agent gets arrested. Free food isn't worth getting arrested for. I don't know about that. I remember I remember my freshman and sophomore years of college. Authorities arrested a woman in Dallas, Georgia, after she allegedly tried to convince restaurant workers that she was an FBI agent and should get free food. Even when police officers arrived, the woman apparently continued to claim she was a federal agent. Kimberly George Ragsdale attempted to get free food from a Chick-fil-A by pretending to be an FBI agent, the Polk County Standard Journal reports. Employees were apparently not convinced and called 911 to report the woman. According to the news outlet, this is not the first time Ragsdale had attempted to get free food and has threatened to arrest employees when they don't provide the food. When officers arrived, Ragsdale reportedly continued to claim that she was a federal agent. She allegedly told officers that she had no identification because her credentials were electronic only. That's actually pretty quick thinking on her feet. Officers placed Ragsdale in handcuffs and arrested her. She reportedly pretended to talk to a supposed radio in her shirt. <laughs> Fantastic. Reporting that she had a radio in her shirt, reporting that she was being arrested and the FBI needed to send someone to the Rock Mart, to the Rock Mart Police Department. In a statement obtained by the Polk County Standard Journal, Rock Mart Police Chief Randy Turner said, We are thankful for the observant and professional staff at CFA who knew what to do and gathered the info needed for us to make our case and catch her in the act. We would like to inform our citizens to call 911 if someone is claiming to be an officer if they aren't in a marked car or in a proper uniform or if they don't have the proper credentials. According to an arrest report, Ragsdale was charged with impersonating a public officer. Which, remember with Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A's not worth it. I know everybody goes on about how wonderful their sandwiches are and their spicy sandwich and all that shit, but you know what, Chick-fil-A... All they do is they brine their chicken. Everybody goes, oh, juicy and delicious it is. They just brine their chicken. I do that. You can do that. Just 
some water and some uh, some kosher salt. Mix it up real good. Throw your chicken in that overnight. Grill it up. That's it. So there's no great secret. No no inherent homophobia. Oh, but that's great. Oh, I love the part where she's just talking into her shirt, just just muttering into her lapel. This is not. This woman is obviously not a uh, not Scully. Oh boy. And I'm running on a little bit of theme here because chicken is good. Uh, this is from Laramie Live with a byline by Nate Bird on November 4th, 2020. Man busted cooking chickens in Yellowstone Hot Spring. This is weird, even by 2020 standards. A group of people, including a man from Idaho Falls, was recently busted in, in Yellowstone National Park while they were cooking a chicken in one of the park's geothermal hot springs. The culinary event happened in early August, according to Nate Eaton at East Idaho News, when park authorities received reports of a group carrying cooking gear towards a hot spring. Rangers arrived and found the group had two chickens cooking in the hot waters of a spring. The Idaho, Idaho Falls man was given a citation for walking in the thermal area, to which he pleaded guilty. He was also given a $600 fine, probation, and is banned from Yellowstone for the next two years. I can't imagine that chicken boiled in sulfur-heated water can be very delicious. And while Yellowstone may be doing many things to improve the park for visitors, cooking stations at the geysers isn't part of the plans. Yet. Traveling off the designated paths is dangerous at Yellowstone, as ground can be brittle and home to a body of hot water underneath. Many of the geysers and hot springs are unpredictable, so park rangers take the off-trail excursions very seriously. Plus, you don't need to leave the pathways to have an amazing vacation at Yellowstone, and you don't need a lot of time. A nice weekend vacation to Yellowstone is possible. I always love, I always love how they turn these weird, <laughs> these weird uh, national and state park uh, crimes into little mini, little mini brochures for enjoying the parks. Because there's there's plenty of links in here for finding out all about all about the uh, visiting the park and having a nice little vacation. And also, if you scroll down, because I was put in the mind of this from a previous story, I think we may have talked about a while back. But here's why, here's why, uh, is so dangerous to to goof around with these geysers, which are just sulfur and heat. And all you have to do is scroll down the page to get to it. Man looking to hot pot dies in scalding hot thermal feature. A 23-year-old man died after falling into a Yellowstone National Park hot spring in 2016 was looking for a place to hot pot or soak in the park's natural thermal features. The man and his sister left the boardwalk near Pork Chop Geyser. As she took video with her cell phone, her brother reached down to check the water temperature and fell into the scalding pool. Search and rescue rangers spotted the man's body in the pool the, the day of the accident, but a lightning storm prevented the recovery efforts. By the next day, Workers could not find any remains. There was nothing left to recover because they will dissolve you. I don't know how there's any damn chicken left. Why am I keep scrolling down here? Oh my, there's a lot of good stories here. Oh man, there's another one. one fall. In May 2020, a woman who illegally made her way into Yellowstone National Park fell into a thermal feature at Old Faithful and had to be flown to a burn center for treatment. Okay, I'm not finishing this one. This one you know what? The, the one where the guy being dissolved was not fun either, but I don't, I don't think he felt anything. Um, 
Oh, here's a final one. Yellowstone officials forced to post signs to keep tourists from breaking toilets and ensure proper use. In 2016, park rangers have installed <laughs> park rangers have installed new signs in public restrooms intended to keep Asian tourists from breaking unfamiliar Western toilets. The signs illustrate the proper way to use an upright commode. For many visitors from China and Japan, sitting on an elevated toilet seat is a foreign concept. In most Asian countries, it's customary to squat above the floor while relieving themselves. As a result, 12 public toilets were either broken or damaged last year by tourists standing and squatting on the toilet seat instead of sitting down. Which I've actually seen uh, pictures. I've never used one, but I've seen pictures of the of the you know floor level toilets, and they're perfectly well tiled. They're they're porcelain. They're they're not just a, a, a dirt hole in their house. It's you know perfectly perfectly uh, civilized. Just uh, and also you know what um, I've known more than a few people who've broken toilets by just being drunk. So it happens. And oh, this is a good one. This is a good one right here. Uh, this is caught my. This caught my eye immediately. And this is from the Evening Standard, which I believe believe is a, yes, it's a standard.co.uk. And the byline is by Barney Davis. Now there, there's an English name. By Barney Davis, Davis, six days ago. And there's a lot of good pictures on this. So I suggest you uh, go to the link. Armed robbers managed to break into a bank by crawling through an intricate, sewer network before disappearing down into the tunnels to flee police. The elaborate heist saw two robbers walk into the main entrance of a credit oh, you motherfuckers, of credit agricole branch of Piazza Ascoli in Milan and point guns at staff shortly after opening time at 8.30 a.m. on Tuesday. Two more members of the gang emerged from a manhole inside the bank that connects to an underground tunnel. The robbers wrestled with the bank manager and yelled, it's a robbery, and held him and another staff member hostage as dozens of police officers surrounded the bank. The bank manager was reportedly hit on the head with the butt of a gun, and an employee uh, managed to escape. No other staff were harmed. Police surrounded the robbers, who set off a fire extinguisher, giving them time to escape back down the manhole. Officers lost them in the maze of underground tunnels. The robbers took 20 safe deposit boxes, but it is not yet clear what they contained, Italian media reported. Speaking to reporters outside the bank after the ordeal, the manager said, They entered from the basement. They were three, there were three of us inside when I realized what was happening and shouted. There was a short scuffle, but they did not beat me. That's like bank, bank managers not want to cop up to getting hit in the head. Milan prosecutors have opened an investigation. That is wild. That is super duper wild. It's got pictures of investigators in, in full uh, uh, bio gear, biohazard gear, which are just white pullover covers and gas masks. I've seen, I've never worn those because I've never actually had to go into a sewer, but I've known plenty of guys who have. It appears they're using proper proper entry and exit for confined space. Well, that's wild. That's dangerous. There's a you know sulfur gas down there. There's all sorts of things that can kill you immediately. And I guess, I mean, Milan being Milan, it, it's got to have some large sewers because nowadays sewers, most modern sewers are just pipes. Not It's not Ninja Turtles at all down there. It's just pipes. And it's no place for anybody to really stand unless you're in a, an old sewer. Not sewer, in an old... Uh, <sighs> this is my job. Why can't I remember it? Stormwater. Stormwater sewers. Stormwater sewers do tend to be bigger, but they're older and they're not 
technically should be, at least new ones, not connected to actual sewer, to wastewater sewer. But yeah, so that's wild. So they came up, they knew enough about the area, about the plans, the municipal plans to come up through the manhole in the bank, get exactly what they needed, 20, 20, I don't know if they were were just grabbing if they were particular, but they got 20 safety deposit boxes used a fire extinguisher like a movie and got back down that is that is you know and then they lost the cops number one i don't think the so much the the officers lost them in the maze of the underground tunnels the uh, the officers were not going in there uh i do not blame them that poor guy look at him wow that is something else well, it's a little bit of a short one this week, guys. I just don't have it in me to really uh, do much more. It has been a very tiring week for us out over here in America. My fellow Americans and my, our, not mine, our, our fans worldwide, all two or three of you. But yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad election week is over. Uh, I'm glad we can get on with our lives. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, I'm not even going to go into it. I was, you know what I am? Uh, well, during my, do- my doom scrolling, I got into the uh, Reddit politics subreddit and they had running threads from the time of basically Tuesday up until Saturday when, uh, when it was called. They'd let, they would let the threads get to be about 20,000 comments before starting a whole new thread. They got up to 74. And I was there for every one of them. And it, not, not, not for the whole 24 hours, but I'd pop in in the morning, look one, you know, I'd go throughout the day, but man, they started getting wild in the middle of the night because people were just losing their minds and started writing, um, started writing slash fic of the anchors on CNN. They really got into, uh, Cuomo and, uh, what, who they call Matt boy. When poor John King, who who must be a robot, that that man was a I don't know how that man stayed perky as he was. When he, when he went to take a rest, a, a younger uh, election expert came out, and uh, he was a handsome young man, and apparently he had good chemistry with Cuomo. And it did there there was some slash fic written. I'm I am not going to read it. I might I might as a bonus if I really run out of content. But normally I just don't want to dig through hundreds of thousands of comments to find them but boy oh boy did we get all get fucked up in the brain during that (sighs) 2020 man 2020 well okay i do believe it is time for me to do the outro and you can find us at our website at anchor.fm slash kcot you can find us on facebook at kentucky kernels of truth you can email us at Kentucky kernels of truth at gmail.com and this kernels as C O L O N E L S tweet us at of kernels, Instagram us at Kentucky kernels of truth. And you can leave us a message at one, two, seven, zero, six, eight, one, two, eight, six, nine. And like I said, always feel free to drop us a line, give us some feedback. Mostly what I got to say is, you know what, don't, don't fuck you and don't fuck nobody else. Hell, don't even fuck me. But fuck 2020. I'm done with it. I think you are too. So I'll see you next time. And 
<laughs> yes, yeah, about how we all feel. <laughs>